Inspiring solutions to save America one show at a time. Are you ready to get on board? You told us when it could be time to panic. Well, is it time to panic? Well, let me just tell you folks, it's never going to be time to panic. Because we're never going to give up. We're not going to give up on America. America is worth it. America is worth it fighting for. America's worth not giving up. And while we have that attitude of not giving up, we are constantly going to be searching, strategizing, coming up with ways to prevail. We've got the basics. We have we have millions and millions of Americans that are fed up. Can't wait to do something about it. There will be a series of ideas that people come up with based on Dealing with the fraud that we know we have to deal with. You're not alone. You're not a singular individual all by yourself out there trying to fight these people by yourself. There are 74 million plus and growing. We're not going to give up on America. From sea to shining sea. Three hours of bold truth and excellence. The Wendy Bell Radio Program. Welcome back, America. Hour number two of the Wendy Bell Radio program is on the clock. And a special thank you, a warm welcome to those of you listening to us on our podcast. Wherever you get your favorite podcasts, Wendy Bell Radio, join our 1.5 million strong army of podcast listeners. Love to have you. Follow us, share us, perhaps suggest us and give us a five-star review. Appreciate you more than you know. You know, you'd have to be an idiot, to believe that it was the safest and the most secure. You'd have to be an idiot to not have questions when so many places, so many individuals and so many different zip codes were raising so many alarms about what happened in 2020. Never in my life have I gone to bed knowing that the guy I voted for who was handily Handily on his way to re-election, all of a sudden in the overnight hours, something really weird happened and everything changed. But it's completely indefensible to attack anybody who suggests that they're not comfortable with those results. It's antithetical to who we are allegedly to be in this country to pile on anyone who raises their hand and asks a question. The people who are trying to destroy this country, outside forces and those from within, need you to be silent. They need you to be afraid. They need you to pay attention to all these people that they've gone after. The early morning raids with 40 people in SWAT gear to take a pro-life protester away from his horrified family. They need you to pay attention to that. All of these things, the optics, are meant to silence you, to frighten you. To make you say, oh my gosh, I don't want that to happen to me. 
But there are always a few people who, who rise to the surface. I mean, think about these Brunson brothers. These guys who have struggled to the highest levels of the justice system. The Supreme Court alleging that the certification of that election was unlawful because the people who asked questions were not being represented by the people who are elected to represent us. Think about all these singular individuals, the Carrie Lakes out there. She could have done any number of things. She could have walked away, spent time with her family, regrouped and gone a different, a different avenue. But she didn't. She got even deeper into it. She became even more determined. Because it's not about Carrie Lake. It wasn't about the Brunson brothers. And it's not about Donald Trump. It's about America. And that is why this next story to me is exhilarating. Because we brought this up to you. Small town Bridgeport, Connecticut. They have a mayor who was charged with a felony, went to prison, served time, came back, decided he wanted to do it all over again, become mayor. And he was elected ostensibly. And he ran for re-election. But something really weird happened during the primary. There was this weird absentee mail ballot thing that happened in the 11th hour that all of a sudden pushed him over the edge just by the right margin to be reelected. Seems so familiar, doesn't it? Except this was caught on camera. A lot of it. Here's your headline. Judge orders new Bridgeport mayoral primary after surveillance videos show possible ballot stuffing. What's this? Now, if you've been paying attention to this show, you know where we're going because we've been on it. A state judge has taken the unusual step of ordering a new Democratic mayoral primary in Connecticut's largest city to be held after the November 7th general election is completed. The decision comes after surveillance videos showed a woman stuffing what appeared to be absentee ballots into an outdoor ballot box days before the original primary. Of course, she wasn't just any woman. And it wasn't just any box. It was the box right outside their city hall, which had multiple cameras trained on it. Superior Court Judge William Clark determined the allegations of possible malfeasance warrant throwing out the results of the September 12th primary, which incumbent Bridgeport Mayor Joe Gannam won by 251 votes out of 8,173 cast. Absentee ballots secured his margin of victory. So odd, isn't it? Well, we found a little bit of audio from a news station there that's been following it much more closely than we, and I think it very accurately summarizes the duh factor that's going on all around America, as you're told, speaking out and asking questions about that election makes you a threat to democracy. Here's the NBC station in Bridgeport. 
We are still waiting to hear from the city of Bridgeport as well as Joe Ganim's campaign, but his opponent, John Gomes, taking a moment to celebrate tonight as he remains focused on trying to win Tuesday's general election. Supporters of John Gomes celebrating his successful lawsuit as a judge orders a new Democratic primary in the race for Bridgeport mayor. We will not stand quiet. They violated our civil rights and we, we stood and we said we will not accept that. And we spoke clear and we spoke united and today we are victorious. Superior Court Judge William Clark calling surveillance video shocking. He found there was proof partisans had placed absentee ballots in drop boxes and determined with so many mishandled ballots, it calls the results of the primary election in serious doubt. If it wasn't right the first time, gotta do it again. Kinda want to vote to make this a better place, and now we have to wait again. Gomes lost to Mayor Joe Gannam. The judge has given everyone involved 10 days to come up with a plan for a new primary. It's highly unusual, uh, and really going to the courts tends to be the absolute last uh, tool that could be used in, in politicals and Canada's toolbox. Gomes is hopeful another primary is not needed. He's aiming to win the mayor's race in next week's general election and appears on the ballot as an independent. And I encourage every voter more than ever that today the court has said your voice does matter. And I said to you, do not give up. And the secretary of the state releasing a statement saying she is pleased with the judge's decision and her office will work with the other parties to set a new primary date. So the interesting part about this, the most egregious part of this story is how ambivalent the woman who works as one of the mayor's underlings, how just she didn't care about the video cameras. She had a handful of ballots. How many different times did she walk out knowing all of the different camera angles were there? Didn't care at all. Open up the ballot box, put them in. Five in the morning, 1145 at night. Obviously, at times that the normal people wouldn't be doing this. And we're told, no, no, no. Nothing to see here. He won fair and square. So this is going to be decided on the local level. This is exactly the way it should be. The judge in Bridgeport says, you know what? I think there is overwhelming evidence. This is ridiculous. We need to do this again, but we need to figure out how to do it. How should we do it, people of Bridgeport? Here's a novel idea. Vote in person. None of these stupid mail-in ballots. You've got people there one at a time. Here you go. Now, if you said to me, we're going to do this thing where we're getting rid of all of the machines. We don't trust the machines. It's going to take a couple hours. I'd say, where do I stand? I'll wait. A hundred percent. I will wait. So now the guy, the challenger, Gomes, is going to be an independent on the ballot. The mayor, who's accused of having his minions stuff the ballots for him, he's going to be the Democrat. So what do you think is going to happen? Because if the independent wins, there doesn't have to be any more of this primary talk. Bridgeport's paying attention. They know what's going on. Set the precedent for the rest of the country to do finally what is right. Grow a pair for heaven's sakes. All right. When we come back on the Wendy Bell radio program, this is Joe Biden's America. Of course, the cartels own 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. 
You know what the White House is telling schools these days about drugs? Oh, boy. Next. Don't miss it. Show us the tapes. Give us the video. Let us decide. You know, this is the same argument with January 6th. Don't give us the narrative. Don't try so hard to trample anybody who has an alternate narrative. Don't try to destroy the reputation or financially bankrupt somebody because you're so desperate to protect a narrative of suck that you've created. Show us the video. Give us the 41,000 freaking hours of video from the Capitol. It's not complicated because in Bridgeport, Connecticut, they managed to make it happen. They have a ballot drop box in front of their little city hall building, right? It's got multiple camera angles. 2,000 hours of surveillance video or defense uh, prosecution went through to look at. These are two Democrats fighting for each other. This is the left going after the left. The left calling out the super scumbag left. Don't try to steal this election by stuffing the ballot box. And that's exactly what they found this woman who worked for the mayor doing. They determined about 420 people used the drop boxes, but at least 1,255 ballots were submitted. There are rules about ballot harvesting in Connecticut. These rules are broken. The judge saw that was not to be dissuaded, could not be bribed, could not be convinced otherwise. And so now we get to see what happens. That's the way it should be. This is not the way it should be, my friends. Biden's America, White House tells schools. Yeah, we know that there's a drug problem out there. What kind of response would you like? Now, as a mom, I've got one graduate. I've got one who's a senior in college. I've got one who's a senior in high school. I've got two who are sophomores. What do you want? As a parent, what would I want to hear from my administration that would make me feel like they give a rip about our children, about their safety, about anything? This open border stuff has got to go. It must be closed. We must get rid of all of these people. No matter what. That's not Joe Biden's answer. Joe Biden's answer is, hey, schools, make sure you stock up on Narcan. I'm sorry? Oh, yeah, you know, fentanyl is such a problem that we should really be prepared. That is their response to you, your schools, your children. That is their response to their gross negligence and purposeful welcoming of strangers from other places, many of whom have nefarious ideas about this country. This is the story. You cannot make it up. President Joe Biden's administration now advising schools across the United States to keep the overdose reversal drug naloxone, commonly known as Narcan, in stock amid a surging number of fentanyl deaths among American children. Now, this is not a hot button subject. This is not the story that the media wants to cover. They were all over themselves before COVID talking about vaping and popcorn lung. But all of a sudden, kids who've never taken anything in their lives, who even come close to this stuff, are dying. Crickets from your media. Why? Well, who's welcoming these these drugs into our country? The Joe Biden administration. In a letter to the nation's school system, Biden and Education Department Secretary Miguel Cardona asked administrators to begin carrying naloxone 
and train teachers on how to administer the drug when a student is overdosing or being poisoned by fentanyl. You know, when I was a kid growing up in California, my school was in the was in the canyons leading to the beach. It was always dry. We had fire drills. We had earthquake drills. Now we need to have what? Active shooter drills and naloxone on hand for kids overdosing at school. And if you think they're not, I read further in this article, I almost gagged. Apparently, there were eight children. The letter comes as fentanyl deaths are now the leading cause of death among Americans, 18 to 45, and adolescent deaths associated with the poisonous drug have skyrocketed. No kidding! Just last week, news broke that in Loudoun County, Virginia... You know that name. At least eight high school students have overdosed on fentanyl. Naloxone had to be administered to save their lives. Where's the breaking news on this? No, we're too busy going after people who were standing peacefully. Had nothing to do with the Capitol on January 6th. They were just standing there. So now we're going to hunt them down and we're going to try to make their lives miserable. That story's coming up because that's what your DOJ is doing. It's not a two-tier system of justice. Thanks, Merrick Garland. Eight students. I'm sorry, but do you think at one you'd be like, T.O., uh, everybody, we're doing an all-school assembly ASAP. Eight Well, we're not going to talk about the problem. Just make sure we're going to put vending machines up. You can get a Twix. You can get a granola bar. Or you can get some naloxone. Oh, perfect. That sounds like a great idea. That's like selling cracked pipes. Instead of cracking down on crack heads, let's just make sure they have a fresh supply of crack pipes. Fantastic. Sounds like a great plan. And in this story, embedded in this, A mom who lost both of her sons. Just get the just get the naloxone. Don't talk about it. Right? This is where we are, my friends. Next. Using cell phone geo tracking to find out if you were at January 6th. What are they gonna do with you if they find out you were? Next on the Wendy Bell Radio Program. Before I move along, and as a mom, I had to have a conversation with my, with my kids. We all have to have these conversations with our kids. And it's so disgusting to say this. And I, and I had this conversation with my younger sons when their friends were over and they were in the kitchen sitting around the, the island And I said, look, I need to talk to you guys about something. Never, ever take anything anybody gives you. And my boys look at me and they're like, what's she doing? And I said, you have to understand how dangerous a world this is. A Percocet, a Vicodin, try this, it'll take the edge off. How about some of my Ritalin? Try my ADHD, I've got whatever here, try it, you'll calm down. Mom, in this congressional testimony I was listening to yesterday, I can't play it for you. It's too much. She lost both of her boys because they thought they were taking a prescription Percocet. And they both died. What do you do with that? 
Besides, your life is over. Median monthly overdose deaths among adolescents ages 10 to 19 increased by 199%. 109%. They doubled between the second half of 2019 and the second half of 2021. Deaths involving illicitly manufactured fentanyl increased by 182%. We all know what's going on. The ambivalence of this administration to do what a government is supposed to do at its base. And that is to keep its people safe. Whether to protect us from war, protect us from disease. They don't care. And that sickens me. I need to pivot now because it's, it's beginning. It's already begun, in fact. Biden's DOJ has started to arrest Trump supporters. These aren't people who were doing anything wrong inside the Capitol on January 6th. These are people who just were standing outside on that cool January afternoon. Committed no violence. There were all sorts of registered rallies going on in the footprint of the United States Capitol, not far from the ellipse where Donald Trump gave his final speech as president. And now all of a sudden, our government has decided to wave a magic wand and to create the illusion of a footprint in D.C. that was off limits, that was protected. It's not the case. There are so many registered rallies on the Capitol grounds that day. doesn't matter. They're coming to get you. They're coming to get you, to track you down, and to do to you what they've already done to a thousand other people. They already told us. They projected this about two months ago. Our goal, number one goal at the DOJ, is to destroy Donald Trump by going after the people who support him. Bombshell report by the Electronic Freedom Foundation. Didn't even know they existed. Oh, they exist. And they're doing some pretty interesting research. This report revealed the vast and secretive partnership between private companies and the federal government to surveil and to track the movements of millions of Americans. What they say? There were a million people at the ellipse that day. If just 10 percent meandered over to the Capitol. This is what the DOJ has their sights on. According to the EFF, again, the Electronic Freedom Foundation, the Intel alphabet agencies, including ICE, the FBI, U.S. Secret Service, the Department of Homeland Security, the Department of Defense, as well as state and local law enforcement, they're being funneled hordes of private cell phone location data by private brokers who harvest the information. This is the geolocating, the geotracking that we heard about when Dinesh D'Souza put out 2,000 Mules. And 2,000 Mules came about by Greg Phillips and Catherine Engelbrecht of True the Vote looking at all of this pinging of cell phones and coming up with something pretty outrageous over the 2020 election. That at least a minimum of 2,000 vote mules were visiting the same ballot drop boxes 10, 15, 20 times a day. Doing what? 
doing exactly what happened in Bridgeport, freaking Connecticut, except a judge in Bridgeport has the ability to stand up and do what's right. Everybody else doesn't. So this is very interesting, geolocating. Now, the FBI was alleged to have used this data to identify patriotic protesters who traveled to Washington, D.C. on January 6th to support President Trump and, oh, that that weird thing, oh, that's right, the U.S. Constitution. Tens of thousands of nearly one million protesters later walked to the U.S. Capitol following Trump's speech, where more rallies were scheduled where more rallies had been permitted. And the FBI used this geo-tracking to identify the movements of several targeted individuals in this zone. Of course, the government came back and later said, no, 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 this was a restricted zone. It was not. It was not even close. In fact, I've seen photos showing the restricted area red markings around the U.S. Capitol where Trump supporters were gathering because they had permits to hold rallies in this area. See, if you want to follow the rules, you want to do what's right, you love your country, you go to support that, you're worried, oh my gosh, I've never experienced in my lifetime an election been so fouled up and this attack on anybody who questions it, I've got to go and hope with my rosary beads. I'm going to stand there and I'm going to hope and I'm going to pray that somebody's going to do something to stop this. Well, you're now a terrorist. I'm sorry. What about the MS-13 gang members you've come across? What about the dozen people last month that Border Patrol, the ones that we know about, the people on the terror watch list, those special alert aliens, whatever, who had... Bomb-making material, you know, not like just in their shoe, like MacGyver. I'm talking cannonball-sized bombs stopped at the, at the border. How many others got through? Uh, I don't know, but thank goodness Christopher Ray is telling us now, yeah, it looks like there's going to be a terror attack. It looks pretty likely. Stay on alert. Good luck with that. Thanks, Chris. Maybe if you were less worried about grandma and grandpa... Or about mom and dad who loaded up the kids and drove from wherever to witness history. Come on, kids. I know you want to go to Disney World, but Disney sucks. Let's go to D.C. and let's go watch history and hold our collective breath and hope that somebody there is going to stand up and stop this. Well, sorry, mommy. You're now a target. Trump supporters had flyers of the different scheduled events on January 5th and January 6th. These events were planned. They were registered with the government before Trump ever showed up at the ellipse. It's almost as though the people who entrapped honest American-loving folks who opened up the doors of the Capitol building, who moved the barricades... Who said 12 times no to police chief Steve Son's requests, frantic requests for the National Guard, Pelosi said no. It's almost like it was all so connected. It was all so calculated, so premeditated, so purposeful, so perfectly planned. In order to make sure people were going to fight, that there was going to be the right optics for all the, you know, 
for for Pelosi's daughter, the documentary maker. So all of those camera angles to create the narrative of insurrection. Donald Trump is a threat to democracy and look at all of the wackos who support him. Smoke bombs and people crawling up the scaffolding and then the ninjas who showed up with the D.C. police escort, right, wearing all black. When I I go to a Trump rally, nothing says patriotism like all black, including face paint and masks, right? Ninjas breaking into the Capitol, finding things that had been stashed for them. Here's a crowbar, right? Oh, that wasn't planned. Got it, got it. Because for a while there, I was going to say, we've been set up, but your government wouldn't do that to you, would they? Now this, the Biden DOJ arresting Trump supporters who stood outside the U.S. Capitol on January 6th And committed no violence. This gentleman who is an attorney puts out on Twitter. I have two new clients charged with January 6th crimes. Neither went inside the Capitol. There are no allegations of any interference with the police. I'm not aware of any previous case where defendants were charged just for being present outside the building and watching. It's not like being the getaway driver in a bank robbery where somebody gets killed. I'm standing outside with my flag. Guilty. Does it sort of feel like the weaponization of the government against you? Because it sure feels like that way to me. I'm not aware of any previous case where defendants were charged just for being present. January 6th defendant Philip Anderson, who did not commit any violence and was nearly killed that day by Capitol Police, weighed in. This is what he said. I told you all that they were going to do this. They are going to go after every single person from January 6th. Even if you didn't go inside the Capitol building or commit any violence or destruction, this entire thing is politically motivated. They know what they are doing is wrong. They don't care. One, Trump was never supposed to win. It was Hillary's. They knew it. The machinations of cheat were in play. Something happened that something was called 63 million of you in 2020. They got it right. Let's get the virus. Everybody's afraid. Mail in ballots. Huge secretaries of state changing the rules. What signature verification? Eh, Who needs a time stamp? We'll accept it 10 days after the election, right? They got the win and then they went out for revenge. That's what this is about. Revenge. You love Donald Trump. You love America. And they hate you for that. Do not doubt me. You're tuned in to the Wendy Bell Radio Network. More after this. Do you see how they're coming out against Mike Johnson? So they're not just coming out. They're not just coming out against all of us who support Trump who support all things conservative, who believe in America, who love America, who will not give up, who will not quit. They're coming after Mike Johnson. 
And Brock, see if you can find a different article for me because this one just locked me out. I guess you need to subscribe. I've I've matched my my Daily Beast uh, freebie. I would never subscribe to them, but this is the story. Instead of going after the Biden crime family money, we've got people in in government. We have people in media digging more into the background of Speaker Mike Johnson than they are even remotely inquisitive about all of the of the millions of dollars that Joe Biden and his family have gotten from foreign countries. How many from China? How many millions from China? La, 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 la. We're not going to talk about that. No, that's not what we're talking about. We want to dig into this guy, Mike Johnson. Got lots of kids, right? He's got to be loaded. What's going on with this guy? Let's find out. Well, not only did they not find out anything on him, they found out he's not even remotely rich. He looks like a guy who lives kind of paycheck to paycheck. Wait, that's not the kind of person we're able to co-opt. That's not somebody we're able to bribe or ensnare in something unsavory so we use it over his head as our blackmailing scandal goes in the Beltway bubble. We've got a, we've got a dad who works hard, now makes $220,000 a year, got a nice little bump in pay with the speaker's gavel. But I got to tell you, as a mom of five... Money's kind of tight. It's expensive to raise your family. And in Joe Biden's America, it's easy to live paycheck to paycheck. What? 60% of Americans do it. And so they're now mocking Mike Johnson as though he's some kind of financial degenerate. What? He doesn't have all these different shell companies. He doesn't have insider trading uh, investment boons like Bill Gates, who buys BioNTech, Pfizer's partner, just months before a global pandemic, and then dumps his stock when it's about to come out because he's going to drop it that, yeah, we were really hopeful that that vaccine was going to work, but yeah, it didn't. Sorry. $260 million later. That's not what Mike Johnson's doing here, my friends. Seems to be a guy who goes to work and works hard, and pays his bills, and has a wife who's trying to do the same, and all the while trying to raise five kids. Pretty friggin' expensive. So the question on the Daily Beast, does new Speaker of the House Mike Johnson even have a bank account? Doesn't indicate that he has savings doesn't indicate, according to them, that he has a 401k or investments. Ladies and gentlemen, we have people who spent more time investigating the financial background of a new Speaker of the House because he's a conservative religious man who doesn't appear to be bought, bribable, purchasable, cajolable, influenceable. We're going to spend more time digging into him then we are going to dig into anything Joe Biden or any of his minions have done. We have proof now of the 10% for the big guy. A $5 million check from China sent on a labyrinthine, labyrinthine, to quote our wonderful D.C. police officer who testified before the January 6th on Select Committee using a word nobody uses, labyrinthine 
That's the process by which the Biden crime family syndicate moved their money along with no skills, with nothing other than the Biden name and influence to sell and policy decisions to change, to make in favor of those with the cash flow to bribe. We know that $400,000 made its way into Hunter Biden's one of his many different companies. That 400000 came to, to Jim and Sarah Biden. They got 50000 And then Sarah Biden wrote Joe Biden a check for 40000 That's 10%, my friends. If you do the math, and I'm rudimentally challenged with my math skills, 10% of $400,000 of a $5 million quote-unquote infusion of Chinese cash to the Bidens through their shell companies, making its way to Joe Biden as the big guy. Now, those are very inconvenient numbers, but we're not going to pay attention to that. We don't want to look into that. We're going to look into instead Mike Johnson. Does new Speaker of the House Mike Johnson have a bank account? He's never listed a bank account on his financial disclosure. In fact, on his newest disclosure he doesn't list a single asset at all that's the story over the course of seven years johnson has never reported a checking or savings account in his name nor in the name of his wife or any of his children this is odd to a media that's so used to joe biden giving money to nine different family members and all of his shell corporations in fact johnson doesn't appear to even have a money stashed in any investments with his latest filing covering 2022 showing no assets whatsoever Of course, it's unlikely Johnson doesn't actually have a bank account. What's more likely is Johnson lives paycheck to paycheck. So much so that he doesn't have enough money in his bank account to trigger the checking account disclosure rules for members of Congress. Now, the Daily Beast is writing this saying it's somewhat scoffable. Ha 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 ha. He's broke. I find it somewhat comforting. How are you feeling with these financial times created by Biden inflation? You rolling in it? You contributing to your 401k? You're stashing it away for tomorrow? No. They're going after a guy because he's conservative, because he believes in God, and because he can't be bought. And it's a beautiful thing to watch. Coming up in hour number three of the Wendy Bell Radio program, where is the big guy getting all this money to loan his brother? More of the Biden family shenanigans next on the Wendy Bell Radio Network.